Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? Well, it's usually a, a great day, but I hear it's pronounced Gert Day. So it is a Gert Day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat sports fan. And I cannot wait for today's episode. Well played, sir. Well played. We are also joined by our regular recurring guest this summer, the councilman, Joe Barnett. Joe, thanks for joining the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast today. It's a girt day to be here, boys. <laughs> well, I think we, we should obviously lead with this. Joe, you mentioned you mentioned it to us just before we got on um, this controversy. It's probably the biggest controversy to hit you know, Cincinnati Bearcats athletics since, I don't know, the sex tapes. It, it's been a while since something this big has, has hit the university. Travis Kelsey, actually, Joe, I'm going to let you set this up for us. Provide some background on the on the Kelsey family controversy. I mean, you keep saying Kelsey, but I'm being informed, breaking news, that it's actually Kels, according to one number 87, Travis Kels of the Kansas City Chiefs. Or maybe it's the Chiefs. I don't know. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. That would be. Oh man, that just strikes fear into the heart of men and women everywhere. Inner <sighs> thigh chafes. It really it is also, an intimidating name. And it also helps with the uh, you know, Native American controversies around their name too. So uh, I'll go ahead and trademark that. And uh, Travis Kels and the Chafes can provide me with some season tickets or maybe a, a box one game and we'll call it even. I know this isn't what we intended to talk about, but it would be interesting if sports teams just started renaming themselves, either like chafing, just parts of your body and, and or even conditions that get very uncomfortable. You know, all of a sudden the Chafes or the um irritation or, or herpes, whatever it may be. Like if you just started naming your team after horrific uh, body ailments, that would be a quite funny way to, to shift professional sports. The Welcome. Washington psoriasis elbows. <laughs> Welcome to the Cincinnati venereal diseases, always flaring up when you want them least. I I'm guess quite literally, with... we would be the Cincinnati herpes. It's like we have this nagging ailment that never goes away. It we it at times it looks good, right? It looks like nothing's wrong, but then all of a sudden it just it hits you in the face like reality just hits you so hard that you realize, oh no, we have this terrible disease that keeps us from winning and closing all the time. It would be the Cincinnati herpes. Let's go, herps. I can't tell you how perfect that is, Hummer. Well, well played, sir. Um, if I am gonna kind of pivot us back on topic here. That is interesting. Do you do you think that Travis was just messing with people in terms of pronouncing it uh, Kels versus Kelsey? Because a friend of the podcast, Corey Sims, he's got a, another podcast that's on hiatus right now uh, on paternity leave, I should say. And and when he introduced Jason Kelsey, good friend of his, he did say Kelsey. So uh, Travis has has got me feeling all sorts of you know conflicting ways over this. It's going to be hard for me to ever leave and abandon the Kelsey pronunciation. I would love if he's just choosing to identify as Kels. That way we could have Jason Kelsey on the Eagles and Travis Kels on the Chiefs. What if his son or like one of his kids becomes like Kelso? Ooh. I like that. 
So, so uh, a small sidebar is my, uh, I have a friend who they want to name their uh, to be born daughter, Kelsey. And he's trying to convince his wife that he should spell it K-E-L-C-E. And I was all about it until this week, but maybe, maybe not. It would work either way though, you know, because every Kelsey becomes a Kels. Every, every Kelsey gets nicknamed that, that shorter version of it. Um, I'm just surprised that Travis thinks of himself as the, as the abbreviated version. It seems like he's really asserting himself as the Kelsey in the family. And maybe Jason would be more inclined for the pronunciation, pronunciation change. To be continued. Hopefully. Well, come to Cincy Slangen where we tackle the most pressing issues in Bearcats athletics. And uh, let's go, Herps. We did a good job on that. Hummers renamed the Cincinnati football franchise, and he did a damn good job doing so. <laughs> that, that feels appropriate. The, um, the reason we've been having Joe on the podcast this summer is to help us do a positional preview uh, for the football team, going position by position. We have been working our way through the roster in order of, you know, I guess most certain to least certain positions. So we're starting with quarterback where we have no questions whatsoever. Um, you know, unless you're going to evaluate the, the individual himself, we have no controversy at the quarterback position moved our way to cornerback and we're kind of working our way down the roster here this week. We are going to tackle no pun intended, the safety position, which I think if I, I don't want to do any spoiler alerts here, but we expect to be a very strong position still for the Bearcats, but it is undergoing turnover because we did lose two very good players, very good seniors last season and Derek Forrest, and James Wiggins, both of which were drafted in the NFL draft this past season. So, Joe, when we're talking about the safety position, where should we start? So you hit the nail on the head with uh, my introduction here, and everything's been pretty rosy on the positional previews without a whole lot of controversy, and this is where things start to get off the rails a little bit. So, you know, we're going around a corner, we're, we're pulling one wheel up, but we still got three down, so we're going to be all right. Um, but yeah, you hit it big. Anytime you lose two players to the NFL draft from one position, that's huge. And I think you can't understate the importance that James Wiggins and Derek Forrest had to this program over the past few years and, you know, getting fickle through his first few seasons. But we do have a guy that had an entire season of starting under his belt when James Wiggins was out with an H ACL injury, uh, Javon Hicks, a hometown hero from Colerain. He's played 33 games in his Bearcat career. So he's gotten lots of experience. Um, in 2019, he had four in five interceptions filling in for Forrest. And he also has had, three forced fumbles and five fumble recoveries. So he's got kind of a knack for the ball. So he's going to be a big key in this season. And then uh, a guy that made a name for himself in the peach bowl with a big hit, Brian cook, who uh, is also a hometown hero from Mount healthy via Howard university. So uh, Brian Cook did get some play last year. He played a lot during the Peach Bowl. Not a lot of statistics, but this is definitely a position where we're finally seeing some of the turnover start to occur. That was a kind of that was a great summary and kind of introducing us to the major players who are going to come into play this season at the position and Brian Cook and Javon Hicks. Uh, 
One thing that I think plays well into the Bearcats' hands in this situation is the fact that James Wiggins, while very elite at his position and always a difference maker, it seemed like anytime he was in the lineup, he took the defense to a different level. My, I love making NFL comparisons. My comparison would be someone like Bob Sanders, who was very in and out of the lineup for the Indianapolis Colts, but whenever he did play, the defense was actually above average. When he was out of the lineup, it was a completely different story. Wiggins has been out of the lineup or was out of the lineup quite a bit during his time at UC with nagging injury issues and some, some injuries, not so nagging. Um, I do think that's allowed guys like uh, Javon Hicks and Brian cook to get legitimate experience, which should help them seamlessly transition into bigger roles this season. And when you see a guy like Brian cook, you know, hold up against a team like Georgia, as well as he did, that definitely bodes well for you coming into the season. Without a doubt. And it's nice to have two guys that have had a decent amount of game experience, but behind those guys, there's a lot of question marks. So tell me more about that. The question marks because, and, and just in terms of like what you expect in terms of the need for safety depth. And I, I obviously at every position you want to be as deep as humanly possible because it's football and it feels like every week you're losing somebody potentially. Um, but in this case, like, are there going to be, schemes that require more from your safeties, more guys on the field. It, it is interesting that both of these players have so much experience from a snap standpoint. Is that something where schematically we actually do need more depth at that position than maybe the average team? Uh, I don't think so anymore. I know that historically earlier on under Marcus Freeman's defense, they were running three safeties and putting like a safety linebacker hybrid in. I don't think that's as much the case anymore. Uh, they've gone to more of like a three-corner lineup, two safeties, and three linebackers. So the problem's going to be if we have another James Wiggins situation because right now the two guys that have experience are Jacob Dingle and Will Adams, who's a walk-on. And those are the two that's that were on the second team defense in the spring game. So if you go beyond those guys – uh, you've got a special teams player in Jaquan Shepard and then three true freshmen that just enrolled for this year. So, and amongst some other walk-ons that I, I couldn't find much information on. So uh, I think there are some concerns about depth, but not as much about the starting position. This is interesting. This, the, the plot thickens on this position group because I kind of, I, I'll admit when I going into the season, I naturally thought, look, I know we're losing Forrest. I know we're losing Wiggins, both of them to the NFL, both of them elite, both of them amazing athletes and physical specimens. But I did feel good about having Javon Hicks and Brian Cook sliding right in and just assuming, okay, this is going to be great. But you make a great point. You lose a guy, you know, the kind of the, the protector of your defense or the, the, the guy who can bail you out and cover those mistakes from your cornerbacks, which frankly, we don't expect a lot of mistakes from your cornerbacks. Um, that is a bit terrifying that, you know, an injury here or there, like we have experienced in the past at this position could lead to some potential problems for the team. How do you think, what do you think the most likely solutions would be behind cook and Hicks? So like I mentioned, uh, Jacob Dingle, who's a legacy, his dad played for the Bearcats in the early nineties. Uh, he played as a backup in the spring game. He looked pretty good. And then, uh, the walk on will Adams that I mentioned. 
he actually looked really good in the spring game. I think he's one of those guys that could earn a scholarship, probably will get some playing time this season. But uh, Jaquan Shepard has been more of a special teams guy. I'm not sure if he's going to be playing safety or not. Um, I didn't see him in the spring game at all. So it's kind of hard to, you know, count on him. Well, but, here's a question. I, I kind of phrased that clumsily because you, you've already kind of laid out the, the names. I'm more curious. I should have asked it like this. If, is it more likely that those are guys who are going to slide right in as potential backups or clear, you know, that they'll assume the position in the event that we sustain a big injury at the safety position? Or could we see a guy, you know, one of the guys from our cornerback position group, like a Justin Harris, um, or, or do we have depth at the cornerback position that could potentially reposition itself as a, as a backup safety, let's say? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I don't know, based on their skill sets, any of those guys that they would potentially move uh, by name. But, yeah, if they're not happy with the guys I laid out and some of the freshmen, they certainly could move one of those corners back to safety. I know some of them uh, played both in high school. So there's definitely potential for that, especially if there's a log jam of skill at the cornerback position. If they're trying to get, you know, the next best guy on the field, regardless of position, that's, that's got some potential. I know, you know, Ahmad Gardner is someone who came in as a true freshman and was able to contribute right away in a big way. And that was at the cornerback position. What's your feeling on, on a true freshman being able to come in and surprise and being able to have that sort of coverage recognition? I know a safety doesn't necessarily have to be the quote unquote quarterback of the defense, but they do. It does feel like they have more responsibility in terms of covering more field and recognizing what the offense is doing and what they're going to demand of them. Do you think there is an ability for a true freshman to play a role at a safety position? Yeah, absolutely. I do. I think all three of those guys that they've recruited this year, they're really high on. I will say from what I've heard, Isaiah Cox has like a very college ready body is the way I've heard him described. Like uh, there was a few people Brady Collins was talking about that had just like man bodies, you know, when they're coming in for their freshman year and Isaiah Cox was one of those guys. So you call those grown ass men, grown ass men <laughs> games. Well, that's good to know. See, I think if you look at the positional versatility, maybe the team has and the overall strength in the secondary, I still think it's a group overall that we should feel very confident in, but I do think they're as is always the case with a program like Cincinnati, Luke fickle is doing an amazing job building up roster depth so that, so that when you do have injuries, you have guys who can fill in and you can seamlessly continue, you know, elite levels of play, AKA the peach bowl. Um, but it is, it is interesting to kind of like game play or game theory that out in the event you do su sustain some unexpected uh, nagging injuries. If we're yeah, gonna I think, I think actually uh, if there is an injury, you may see him go more to a single high safety kind of like you were asking and maybe getting an extra down lineman to get generate some more pass rush or adding even a, like a dime back uh, on the defense from a corner standpoint to help with that. So, but you are right. There, there's a lot of depth in the secondary and a lot of experience in the secondary overall, but safety definitely does not have the same depth and talent that the cornerback room has, at least on paper as of today. 
So let's hone in and focus on then Hicks and Cook specifically, you know, assuming that they both stay healthy and play 10 plus games this season. These guys are taking over for two players in Wiggins and Forrest who were, I, I mentioned it before, elite athletes, tested well in the combine. Both have, I think, 4-3, 4-4 speed. Just really, really amazing athletes that could cover a ton of ground and, and lay big wood in the secondary. How do Cook and Hicks compare from an athletic profile standpoint? Do you see them having the same natural abilities? Do they have the same strengths? Are there things they do potentially better than Wiggins and Forrest? So I will say that Hicks definitely has a, a knack for the ball like Wiggins did earlier in his Bearcat career. It seems like whenever the ball's thrown or somebody lays a big hit, Hicks has been there to scoop up the ball or dive on the pile. Um, and then with Brian Cook, he's also a really hard-hitting safety. I don't think either of them are athletic freaks like James Wiggins because he's kind of in his own category of athleticism. But when it comes to like Derek Forrest, that guy ran a 40 that ever was way faster than anyone predicted he would. So, you know, these guys may come out this year after their weight training and look like Wiggins and uh, Forrest. But when you look at them on paper, it is definitely a step back, at least as of today, in terms of athleticism and uh, coverage ability. It, yeah, and, and I kind of figured that would be the case. I just wanted to try and, and explain it or hear someone in the know say it out loud. I do think it's, t- it's a huge benefit, though, that both of them are, are seniors and have tons of experience, have the experience on the field, and it's translated successfully. And then again, you're, you're playing safety for a group that overall at every position seems to be very, very well stacked uh, and it's going to do their job very well, especially on the defensive line and especially at the cornerback position. Yeah, and like I said, uh, the pass rush is definitely going to be helping this safety group out because the quarterback is not going to have a bunch of time for those corners to get beat often. So I expect the safeties to be steady. I don't see either of them as being like a weakness on the defense. It's just Hicks is filled in very well for Wiggins and cook just doesn't have as much experience. So we'll have to see if he steps up to the plate. I love it. It's exciting. It's exciting to have a little bit of a wild card situation here at the safety group and Again, these conversations now get a little bit more interesting because for the first few weeks of doing this with you, it feels a lot like just us nodding back and forth at each other like, man, got some really good quarterbacks. Man, a defensive line. How about them? Almost like a weird dystopian version of that Chris Farley skit where we're just he's telling stories about the good old days and we're just kind of nodding like, yeah, man, our teams are so good. How about those uh, cornerbacks? Huh? Really good. This is going to be a great year. But now's when the fun begins. Now's the fun begins. We got, we actually have some questions. We actually have some things to think about. Um, Joe and Hummer, any, any final thoughts on the safety position or other things you want to mention here before you depart? No, I mean, it's just like, I think you guys hit it all there. There's 10, you know, 10 that are listed on the roster and five of them are freshmen. You know, it is, is a, a, not a very deep position in terms of experience, but you know, football is also one of those sports where I think it is hard for a true freshman to come in and, and make a strong impact. So we're, we're going to be relying on the, the experience that we do have on the roster. So 
we'll see see how it goes. It is a question mark. You know, they play the seasons, you know, they play the games for a reason. We'll see what happens. And Joe made a good point too of in saying there's so much that a defensive coordinator and a staff can do to sort of cover areas of weakness. You know, if you have injury troubles and maybe this scheme that no longer makes sense, maybe single high safety is what you go to and you can sort of mix and match where your depth is and where your most talent is to cover any holes you have. So do we have the staff to scheme in a way that emphasizes our strengths? I would say we do, um, especially when you've got fickle at the helm. What do we say anytime we have question marks about, about the roster? If we have any sort of question mark whatsoever, what's the answer? Trust and play trust, baby. Yes. <laughs> and fickle we trust. And so trust we'll in the Jesuits we trust. In the Jesuits. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that is, Hummer. What's coming from Jack Walsh? He went to he went to St. Ignatius. <laughs> fair, fair enough. All right, boys. Well, let's keep it a, a fairly short one then today. We'll do some additional investigative reporting on the Kels versus Kelsey situation. Corey Sims, we're gonna be reaching out to you. You know, Jason Kelsey or Travis, if either of you want to come on the podcast, I know both of you are listening right now and we want to sort this out, or we could even have a debate type situation where we hash out your family history and where the pronunciation might come from. We were happy to facilitate that on the Cincy Slang and Pod. Yeah. If either of the Kels slash Kelsey brothers want to supply their family trees, uh, we can, you know, deep dive all the way back to their, uh, European roots and see if we can get an answer on this very, very important question. Boys, it's been good talking. We'll talk to you. Uh, we're actually going to take a week off next week. Um, everybody on this podcast is traveling, so we will enjoy our travels, take the week off. And unless we get another basketball commitment or something like that, you may not be hearing us from us for a bit, but also make sure you're checking out the player profile we did on Sage Tolentino with Michael Roth from Prep Hoops, Ohio. Very good conversation about his game. Check it out if you want to learn more. In the meantime, gentlemen, in, enjoy your time off. Enjoy the week off. When we come back in a couple weeks, Joe, who are we talking about? We're going to be talking about another, another position group that has some depth questions, and that'll be our running backs led by Jerome Ford. Love it. Mm. All right. Happy Sunday. Have a good week, everybody. Cheers. Everybody uh, hit up that Hawaiian food truck of the Tolentino's family as well. I hear this Moco Loco dish is phenomenal. So support them. Make sure that he honors his commitment. Where does the food truck, like, is it a, are they moving regularly? Is it somewhere we follow them on Instagram or Twitter and they pop up randomly or do they have a set location? I think they're going to be moving around. I think they actually just opened on Friday, if I remember correctly. So, uh, you know, if you want to su- if you want to support a family that moved from Hawaii to Hamilton, Ohio, look for their food truck and try a Moco Loco. I'm into it. I believe you can find it at at Dine In Hawaiian. Uh, that is their Twitter handle. Uh, that's where you can. You can find out where they're going to be located. Um, they are not affiliated with this with this pod. We just want to give them a good shout. Welcome to the family, Sage. I'll go sample the food and report back. All right, gentlemen, have a good one. Have a good one.